You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Christine Suarez. Christine, thank you for being with me today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Christine, what's happening right now? We're talking on May 11th in 2021. Um, where are you and, and, and what's happening right now in your, in your neighborhood? I am speaking to you from Santa Monica, California, which is tradi- the Tongva traditional land. And um, it's sunny, it's pretty warm, and uh, my upstairs neighbors are having work done in their apartment, so it's kind of loud. But other than that, <laughs> uh, yeah, things are um, really good for my end. I'm got both of my vaccines, and tomorrow will be two weeks, and it's... Um, All right. I didn't expect it to feel so good, but it feels really good. And and projects that you're working on at the moment, what what else is happening in your creative sphere? So I'm a choreographer and a dance educator, and I just finished a project. Actually, we had our culminating event um, this past Friday. And um, I am fortunate to live in Santa Monica, and we have a a really wonderful um, cultural affairs division here in Santa Monica. And for the past, like, four or five years, maybe longer, I've been getting grants every year from them. And so last year, I submitted a grant literally, like, the week of the shutdown. And, um, you know, for a project that, like, I couldn't do. And so... It was around this time last year when I found out I was awarded and couldn't do what I wanted to do. And, and then um, there just seemed to be like an, an onslaught of black men being murdered. And it was right after George Floyd um, where I had to like report back to them of like, okay, what are we going to do? And so it felt important for me to step back creatively from me creating and for me to use this resource to amplify um, other artists. And so um, we, my organization commissioned three artists to create short films inspired by the histories of native black and Latinx people in Santa Monica. And so we made these, Three, I was produced it and commissioned it, but these three artists created independently this work, and it was just so beautiful and and um, an eye opening to the 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 really hidden histories. I mean, in California, um, I mean, like everywhere in the United States, but I feel like especially in California like any historical place gets paved over, you know, and torn down. And um, you don't even know, like, what these different sites are because they've disappeared. And, right, there's no and markers yet, often. No, and yet there is the, the oldest black church on the, uh, in the, on the Pacific West still exists in Santa Monica. And so... Um, 
we filmed uh, right in front of the church and, and then took this journey all the way down to the beach that was traditionally, it was called the Bay, Bay Street Beach, which was traditionally a beach for black and brown people. Um, and so that was one of the films, and it was just so enriching to, to share this work and, and to acknowledge these histories and have these conversations. And um, so that was my, my latest project, this idea of mapping, remapping where we live. And that was really a pandemic project in a sense, right? It wasn't planned that way, but this was all happening during the pandemic? It was a pandemic project. Yeah, we originally wanted it to be, uh, I originally imagined it like as a walking tour that like we would take groups and walk them around these neighborhoods and at these sites we would see these different dances and these different um, uh, practices happening on the sites and that clearly wasn't we were just starting to open up in California at the time when these came out but we just couldn't plan for that so we did um we filmed them which also was you know we had to go through a whole slew of stuff in order to do something in public and get um all sorts of permissions and COVID tests and COVID compliance and all that sort of stuff so um yeah. So that changed. I mean, now now that's evolving. What will, what's happening next? Is it that it was kind of born and and raised, or, or just correct me if I'm wrong, in the pandemic, and now it's it's continuing. Um, in, yeah. Outside the pandemic, right? What, what's what's the exactly? And what is cool? Like I'm so I've never you know I've I've only made a handful of of dance films. And so I'm always, I'm, I've been a performer, a live performer my entire career. And so the fact that these exist and will always exist is really um, new to me to think about this. And, and so what we're planning now and is how do we um, create curriculum around these films and take it into schools and share the films and the artists can talk about their process and we can talk about uncovering these histories um, and really process them. And so that's kind of the next step for, for this project in particular is turning it into um, arts education, no programming. And let's talk about that arts education a little more because that's so interesting. I mean, talking to what, what, what grades of art education are we talking about when we talk about programs going out into schools? I mean, it really, it can vary. It could vary anywhere from elementary schools. I mean, in my career, I've worked with, I've partnered with elementary schools and middle schools and high schools, um, even upper education. I think students of all ages would relate to these films and, and to these histories and their eyes would be opened to some of the histories that they don't know. Um, so I think it could be any age. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's exciting for kids to learn in terms of art education and when artists come to talk. I think especially, you know, in high school or earlier, 
the idea that the arts can be about uh, research, you know, that it can be about the land that you're on, that you don't know who was here before you. That's a very, um, you know, it's a kind of evolved artistic idea, right? In high school, it's usually, can you draw? Can, can, can you caricature something? You know what I mean? The, the, mm-hmm, the definition mm-hmm. of being an artist is so, is so narrow. So I think that's really, that's why I asked the age range, because that's, Mm-hmm. I would think for some kids, that's a little bit of an awakening. Like, wow, I can make art about about research, basically, the land that I'm on. It's, it's teaching them mm-hmm. about research practice a little bit, isn't it? Absolutely. No, and I, you bring up a really great point because I, I was, as I was thinking about the curriculum, and actually when we shared each week as we shared these um, – so over the course of three weeks, we shared these different films and leading up to the premiere of the, the piece on YouTube, of course, um, I developed different um, components, like things to read about the subject matter or um, different elements of research to contextualize the films. Like, um, for example, um, Jessa Calderon, who is a Tongva and Chumash a poet and songwriter, she made one piece, and her piece um, was about, her poem was about, you know, what was here before the noise. And, um, and so she wants us to imagine, she paints a picture of what she imagines the land looking like. And so leading up to that, you know, I shared different um, websites and organizations to support to really look at like who are the native people among us now and that was one of her messages to us was you know we think about native and indigenous people as people that no longer exist but she's like I live in the San Fernando Valley and I'm you know I'm a mom I wear jeans I go to the grocery store like I'm your neighbor and so to really like think about that, that it's not something so far away from us, is that their ancestors are still here and live among us. And I feel like that was really um, eye-opening and interesting and, and, and really lended itself to, like, how do we create means for students to research and find out more information? Yeah, yeah and it would be great, like, as a long thing, you know, if like we did a residency at a high school, let's say, that the kids make their own films about different histories of their neighborhoods or, you know, they write a poem or they make creative work from their research as well. Right, right. Yeah, that's fascinating because um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd love to see how they, what they would make, you know, as well. So, so what's happening this summer then? What, what's the next iteration? It's, it's, uh... Well, this summer, um, really we just go into like planning, like research and development for just because I'm basically out of funding. And, um, and, and then what's the landscape like now? We're like almost post-pandemic, right? Uh, mm-hmm. in some, in some, I know some organizations like the Guggenheim this year, I just happened to know because I write Guggenheim grants or help artists with that, um, that they gave away more money this year than, than normal. And that's because of mm. I don't know, endowments growing in some sectors. And 
during the pandemic. Right. You know, the, the, the wealthy got wealthier. Do you see that impacting us? Because now you're in that mode, right? You, you have to no. raise money. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how totally. is it, how's it going? What's the landscape? Is it bleak? Totally. Is it optimistic? Or is it, you know? You know, um, I want to be optimistic and I want to see this as an opportunity, you know, being in this liminal space between the pandemic and re-entry of how we support and sustain artists in our culture at this moment. I mean, my experience has not been an influx of funding. Most of my funding at this moment is through city, state, and county grants, and the money is a lot less right now, like half the amount it has been in the past just because of income and taxes and so on and so forth. So, um, and also the strain of government spending um, during COVID. So my experience has been having to work with even less money to create um, projects and, and to support this work. But I am optimistic. I think reaching out to more private foundations is is um, an option and more the direction I need to go with in this work as far as it, especially with educational work, it's a little easier to get funding in that area through different private foundations. So, yeah, it's always it's 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 always that like there's never enough. <laughs> kind of idea, right. but I have to say I'm really fortunate to have have regular funding and always pay artists, and so that feels really positive moving forward, you know, of having a good track record. Right, right, that makes sense. And then, and looking forward, how do you see the just the the new landscape of creation. I mean, this isn't like a typical question I ask, but I'm always thinking really like what, you know, will everything be hybrid now? It'll be part Zoom. They'll, has, has has the way you've created, the way you think, choreograph, I don't know, move, been changed by the pandemic because of all the online uh, theater, so to speak, that's been happening, right? Theater companies and dance companies and yeah, people are totally. trying to do things that, they don't really want to be doing online, but it's sort of something's working too. So I don't know, has that, has that changed? Like, um, I, yes, yes. I think seeing how resilient artists are has been really amazing about how we pivoted to digital settings and we also pivoted to means of mutual aid to those in great need. I mean, a lot of artists live on the margins as it is. And, you know, I mean, just for myself, like I had, like every gig was canceled. Every commissioning was canceled. Like it was just like right. all of a sudden I had nothing. And um, especially for we count on that money, you know. Like, we right. need to live. So I think I personally want to allow us to reimagine 
how we create a more sustainable model for, I mean, in the dance field in particular, because it's just so um, marginalized and, and it's so hard to sustain a career. So, so, what, I'm so, so what are components that, of that sustainable model that we don't have? I mean, I think that's, of course, very important. Uh, you. You're talking well, about a nonprofit I mean, model. Is it more state funding? funding? Is it more uh, something new completely? You know, it might be something new completely. I do think mm-hmm. state funding is really important because we need the arts in our life. Everyone needs arts in their life to, for their mental health, for creativity, for connection. You know, um, throughout the whole pandemic, so another program I do is called Dance for Veterans, and it's a program I've been working with veterans for the past 11 years and um, created curriculum to um, Work in, specifically to work with veterans and mental illness and partner with mental health professionals. And I've had ongoing classes. It, they've transferred to telehealth portals. And I have to say, like, I really have seen the power of dance and us dancing together by dancing with vets this all these past, you know, 12 months that – we it's our lifeline like we socialize we move we create we reflect we are honest with ourselves Hmm? yeah 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 and like it's amazing that that that, that can happen i know my 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 wife and i were taking salsa lessons and we could still take it online that was remarkable (laughs) isn't it I mean, yeah. imagine like a 90-something-year-old World War II veteran logging on to, you know, a tele- like him just figuring out the technology just felt like a victory, you right. know. Um, but, um, yeah, that's been really remarkable to really see how necessary the arts are to all of us. Thank you, thank you for for saying that and doing that. I, I want to ask you uh, one more question, which is, what are you mm-hmm. reading at the moment? I'm always curious what everyone is reading. I am reading The Count of Monte Cristo by Alexander Dumas, mm-hmm. and I'm it's a 1,200 page book, and I'm on page like I'm in the 800s right now, so I'm halfway, more than halfway there. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Christine, thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate your time and wish you well. Oh, with, yeah, it was my um, pleasure. With all your future projects. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.